Hey everybody and welcome back to Nerd to the Third, your stop for video games, movies, and nerd culture. Today we're bringing you the Power of Three with your hosts, Nick, Nate, and Jeff Dunham. I was so hoping you'd finish that, yes. <laughs> so Jeff, how you doing, man? What up, what up, what up? Uh, doing good, doing good. Uh, played a lot of Black Ops 1 today Ooh. uh yeah had the itch to so, go back to that so for all the people that might not have heard you the first time you're on here make sure let everybody time. know what was he on tier two times already yeah yes uh, we, does, need yeah. we need new people we're sick of you <laughs> Tell people, shut up my nate third, let me my just third talk. time for the nerd to the third podcast uh, so tell everybody where they can find you and what you do yeah, so um, a couple of places actually you could find me. Uh, number one, you could find me um, at the PS, one of the co-hosts of the PlayStation Best Friends podcast. Um, you could find that on Twitter, PSBF podcast, uh, or just search PS Best Friends on any podcast service to hear that podcast. That's all PlayStation, pretty much, you know, spiritual successor to Beyond or PS I Love You, that sort of thing. Um, also write for charlingintel.com, that uh, Call of Duty website. Uh, you can see my articles pretty much daily over there um as well as i don't even know uh, i'll plug this one out as well as a writer for the new york game critics um nice. where uh i presented an award actually uh i saw that earlier this week yeah what was uh, that that was wild um so you know that's just the uh the critic circle i've been working with for like two years now cool. and um they have an award show every year the new york game awards pretty low-key about 300 400 people oh, okay um, gotcha gotcha but this year, they uh, like the manager needed another person to present an award. And like two days before the show, he's like, "Oh, Jeffrey, yeah, you're presenting this award with this guy." Uh, and pretty much like the day of, like after I met the guy for the first time, like the guy, the <laughs> guy I was presenting with, um, I'm like, "Yeah, do you have like something prepared?" He's like, "Yeah, I have this little thing." And like I thought it was gonna be something that we could both refine, but it was like just a kind of a personal thing. So I'm like, "Oh, shit, I gotta create something." And like literally like five minutes before I went up, I wrote something down. And gave the award out for best writing to uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I, saw, I saw that, but yeah, I wasn't sure what it was for. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool because, like, I, I, you couldn't see you because it's like apparently you asked the person in the back row to take a picture. Of you. Yeah, and so, um, and so, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really see you. But then, as soon as your voice, I'm like, I know that kid. <laughs> I got to clip out that thing. It's on the Twitch stream. Uh, I, I only posted the video that my friend was videoing like in the audience while it's happening. But um, yeah, the Twitch stream is pretty good. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. So you guys can check him out at PS Best Friends. And um, yeah, he's been on here a couple times. So that's cool. My stuff. direct Twitter uh, for all my things. That's just Mr. Brawl 96. As in last, mm -hmm. Smash Bros. Brawl. That's probably the easiest way to find all those links. Nice, nice. So uh, make sure you also go to TX3 Productions on Twitter, Threat X3 Productions on YouTube and Facebook. Also add at Gmail at the end of that, and that is our email, threatx3productions at gmail.com. So let's get right into, you want to know what really pushes my buttons? What pushes your buttons, Nick? 
All right, so we're going to have a little fanboy alert here because I am pretty much a big fan of Philip Franco. I watch him daily. I don't do his extra <laughs> videos, so I guess I'm I don't not either. Like super I don't either. fanboy, but it's just like, I don't know, it's just it's different and uh, I don't know. I don't like it. Or I like it. But I mean the one actually there was one that I checked out and it was it was all right, you know. I do I mean, like it depends how on the t- in the topic really, you know. Yeah. But I mean they put a little bit more effort into it. They actually get like people like I want to say the one I looked at was something about they got a bunch of people who were living through what they were I can't remember what it's about. I'm going to say it sounds stupid now. Anyway, uh, government shutdown episode. No? Oh yeah, I think that was yeah. yeah. I think that was the one, and they actually got people who were being affected. Employees, by it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Family. Yeah, that was the one. That was cer- that was certainly the one. Um, but anyways, Philly D got some help or got some hate, and so this really pushes my buttons. So a guy, a uh, YouTuber by the name of Eight Thoughts, which on a regular basis, like I don't necessarily agree with a lot of what he says because. You know, he can be a little bit too alpha male about it. Like he doesn't, he's like one of those people who he's going for the shock factor. And in some cases, like, oh, okay, yeah, I see where you're coming from. But in a lot of cases, it's just like, like, I know it's a character, but it's still, it's just really stupid. So he comes out with this video and it was basically hating on Philip DeFranco because of the whole um, Christian school people who was confronting the Native American veteran. And so what he was saying is that you put out a reaction before you got all the information, which is what all the media did, you know, so I'm not, you know, I'm defending, but I'm not necessarily defending (laughs) Um, but then like literally a couple of hours later, he addresses that in the video and he talks about how he feels stupid for doing it and that, you know, that's not what he tries to do, but that's not what pushes my buttons. You know, that, uh, that by itself is just like, all right. Yeah. You know, it was, it was ironic that he talked about how Philip DeFranco reacted to something early. And then that's exactly what he did because hours later is when the regular Philip DeFranco came out and he addressed it. So it's like you did the exact same thing that he did. But what I really, really pushed my buttons is he said, this guy's a news media. He's supposed to be unbiased. He claims to be unbiased. And that's when I like, I stopped the video. I was like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't claim to be unbiased. And in fact, he tries to, put it out there that, Hey, here's the story. Here's why side a is upset about here's why side B is defending whatever the event is. And here is my personal takeaway. And he does that for every single one. Now, certain ones, he even points out, Hey, I'm biased about this because I have a kid or I'm biased about this because I live in this area. Like the whole daddy of five situation. Was exactly. clear. Like I'm. I remember him saying in in the, all those episodes of him being like, "Look, I'm going to try to tell you this information. Like just right. just a matter of fact. He's like, but I I will tell you that I, this is heavily like mm. I'm very heated about this because I am a parent. Exactly. Exactly. And so he goes out of his way to say that he is biased. And so when I heard that, I'm just like, no. But then I go down the comments and there's even tons of people like, oh, I used to support Philly D, but he's just so biased. And then there was another trigger for me. Well, another button push for me. Trigger and warning, that was trigger somebody, warning. Yeah, <laughs> there was somebody in the um, comments 
that specifically said, oh yeah, he's always constantly defending SJWs. And so that was another like, wait, no, he doesn't. There are many, many episodes of the Philip DeFranco show where he goes out of the way to say, I can see why it would upset some people. It might not upset me, but I can see why. But unfortunately, when you yell out sexist or racist at every small little thing, you don't do as much good as you think you're doing. You're actually doing more harm than good because if you say everything's sexist, everything's racist, then nothing is. You are hurting it more than you're helping. Because then when something truly egregiously sexist or racist comes up, people are so desensitized by it that they don't even pay attention to it or they don't understand the severity of it. Mm -hmm. And so he goes out of his way to say that this SJW thing about like when, uh, who was it? One of the Kardashians did the whole Pepsi thing. He kind of just laughed it off. Like, yeah, okay, this is kind of stupid. And there's even certain things, a, a news thing happens. He's like, he he more laughs at the fact that like, oh, why would they do that in the first place? But he doesn't, he's never really on the side of SJW. But of course, if you don't agree with him, if you don't think that he's telling, quote, the truth or whatever, then automatically that means that he's defending SJWs. You know, if he says one thing that leans leans to the left then automatically he's a democrat automatically he's you know what's the what's the term for like the the alt-right but on the left side what's what's that can, term can, i Antifa? mean conservative Antifa, is, thank you or, yeah yeah, Antifa. Antifa. yeah so it's like well he says one thing that happens to lean to the left all of a sudden he's antifa he says one thing about how cnn is a piece of crap and that they need to be more careful with what they do. And all of a sudden he's, you know, he's far right. He's a white supremacist or something like that. When he brings up something about somebody who just happens, just happens to maybe be black or maybe be Asian, all of a sudden he's a racist. It's like, no, he's telling it like it is, you know? And so, I mean, that's, that's what pushes my buttons is it's just supposed to be a rant about this. And I mean, I just want to know, Maybe what what do you, what were your guys' reaction on this particular thing? Um, yes, yeah, so as well, I'm a big Philly D fan. Uh, sort of less so recently, not really less so, but I've just been uh, coming to terms that it's like okay, and I should start skipping stories if they're just complete nonsense. Like mm -hmm. the, I think Friday's episode, the first twenty like five minutes, were talking about someone calling some dude offensive for what he said about K like, and I'm like. I don't know anyone oh, I play here. Right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know any of the fucking players that like, I don't know who you're talking about. And it was just so right. irrelevant. And I'm like, this is not nonsense, Philly. Like, first of all, I think you should not have this in your episode, but like, I'm not going to watch it. But um, for the most part, I still love tuning in every uh, day to watch mm -hmm. his vids. Um, but yeah, th this was ridiculous. This really comes from the hate. I'm saying it's ridiculous. This really comes from this place that like, you see a lot in society uh, right now where it's people can't change. You say one thing, you better stay by that for the next 500 years because yep. you tweeted it, you said it, you post it, you, you're done. And it just becomes attached to you. And that's just not how things, not how people work. And it's ridiculous exactly. that people think that's normal. That, oh, wow, this guy tweeted something in 2008. He better apologize for it in 2019 or else <laughs> he's still that way. Like, come on, like, guy, like, it's 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 just getting out of hand. It's getting ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, 
obviously Philly, uh, I guess, should have done the right thing. But you could say that about every situation. Yeah, he should have had the facts before he made the video. But that's such a stupid argument. That's not even like really worth discussing. He he made the first video in the second in the Monday video. He said, yeah, I didn't really get all the information right there. My bad. I don't know why that apology also is is that as stupid like a uh, insincere apology or something. It's like, what are you talking about? Um, well, yeah. he even points out the fact that he wanted to bring it up on the show because there are more followers that would see it on the show than see it on his personal Twitter. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Yeah. Even, I didn't even know this was a thing simply because I watched the Monday episode and I saw him. <clears throat> I saw his post on Twitter, but I didn't really think much of it and. Like I appreciated in the episode where he was like, look, I was wrong. Like I, I spoke out too soon. He's like, I like to keep myself accountable for the actions that I, you know, I keep everyone else accountable. I do the same for myself. And I thought that was the end of it. Um, now you saying this, you bring it up the eight thoughts video. I'm not surprised. Um, mm -hmm. Eight thoughts uh, from my understanding has been a very prominent, like YouTube commenter in the sense of equivalent to like a drama alert from my understanding yeah, right. of him. But I really, I honestly didn't know about him too much. Um, until leading up to whenever we had Drifter on the show, and I watched the podcast that that uh, Drifter was on <laughs> with him, and he definitely strikes me, you know, watching that podcast and watching what all they were talking about, and then you saying this, it, it didn't surprise me of of someone who's you know who, whose livelihood it seems like is to put this out there as fast as can as fast as he can, even if the you know the facts aren't all the way there. Um, so, like I said, I didn't even know this was a thing. I thought it was just, oh yeah, I messed up. I apologize. I didn't realize there was an outrage behind it, but I don't. I'm not surprised because this is the internet. So right, exactly. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Speaking of being accountable, Clean Prince Gaming, just another one of my buttons that gets pushed semi regularly. Um, I like I like Clean Prince Gaming near probably the middle of like probably the middle of last year and i was watching a lot of it i think one of the first videos i ever watched to him was the death or the murder of evolve i really love that game so i wanted to see and he was for the most part he was very like non-biased and he was trying to be like this is why it died you know and you know he he did have his opinion in there but it was very much like here are the reasons why you know the marketing and the blah 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 and so i started watching him quite often and even on this show i've referenced him a lot um but then we have anthem comes out or f first off fallout 76 and i mean he just like everybody you know puts out con countless like clickbaity thumbnails and and everything and it's just like all right yeah okay but then anthem first comes out and unpromptly or un uh, well that's not the right word just off the cuff basically he I'm puts provoked. out a video um well no it was provoked but just no. out of nowhere he puts out a video it wasn't planned or anything and you could tell like his audio sucked it was terrible it was super echoey and then all of a sudden it wouldn't be echoey and then it would go back to echoey three seconds later it's like what the heck is going like i get it's an impromptu that was the word it's i know it's an impromptu video and you're just trying to get it out there but what the heck but the the content of that was that he was basically saying give anthem a chance Give it a chance. This is day one. Of course, they're going to have problems on day one. Of course, it's going to crash, yada, yada, yada. And I don't have anything wrong with that. 
I don't have anything wrong with saying that. I could I could agree with that. I'm the person who liked Fallout 76. I'm the person who said, well, I haven't personally experienced any of the bugs. So I can understand where he's coming from on that particular front. You know, because it's like if if you were gonna give Fallout 76 a chance, go ahead and give it a chance. Don't let other people, you know, focusing on the negative convince you otherwise. So he does that. He's like, hey, just give it a chance. I, I'm on EA side. I'm on Bioware side. You you don't know. I mean, Bioware is a good enough developer that maybe they can maybe they can make EA better. They can change it. <laughs> By the way, 13 minutes long, two min rolls. Next day, probably not even 24 hours later, the video is a new video. And now all of a sudden the game is bad. It is full of bugs and all that, which it probably was before that anyways. But it was just like the absolute flip of the dime or whatever, flip of the hat, whatever the heck the term is. And it was just like, you just got done having a video, a really crappy, crappy done video telling people give it a chance and then you go right around because the trend is now changing you turn right around and you're like oh no just kidding guys it sucks oh and by the way 20 minutes long and another two mid-roll ads it's like i changed my mind i'm i'm gonna put myself out there because i don't mind doing that I put myself out there when it came to Fallout 76. I personally liked the game. I personally didn't get as many bugs as some people got. And so I didn't see what a lot of people saw. What changed my mind wasn't just, oh, okay, the trend is going a certain way. I'm going to try to follow that trend. What got me to change my mind about Fallout 76 and eventually delete it is the fact that Bethesda, just one thing after another, treating their customers like shit, utter shit. and so that changed my mind i did not want to play it anymore and there was even one point where i stopped playing it for like a week then they're like oh, okay we're gonna make the canvas bag thing and we're gonna we're gonna live up to our word and do and i'm like oh i started playing it and then i can't remember what the next controversy was because there was a next one and a next one and then i was like you know what Fuck this you know and i just deleted it so what the hell okay my screen went dark but we're good <laughs> i'm gonna apparently have to start wiggling my mouse every once in a while so anyways so i i stopped playing 76 i stopped and like i just feel like i don't want to i don't want to put myself on a high horse but i feel like my reasoning behind changing my mind wasn't just because and i have a quote from his from his um video i have to find it real fast this is an actual quote and when i saw it or when i heard it i'm like are you freaking kidding me it was just such a clear um chance to cover his ass because he knew that people were going to be in the comments saying this but anyways i was right yesterday don't judge a game based on day one server problems but do judge a game when you've played it well no fucking Sherlock. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm done talking. Anybody else want to give in their two cents? Um, well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, <clears throat> I didn't know about Clean Prince Gaming until you started bringing him up. And so 
I watched a couple of his videos here and there, but one of the things that I've always found with him is anytime there's something going on on the internet, like for example, I don't know if he made a video about retro taking back Metroid prime four, which is a big news story. Um, but anything, something like anytime something like that happens, I will always see his thumbnail or I'll always see his video pop up somewhere. And it's something yeah. of a negative context. And I'm yeah. like, okay, why not? Like, don't be that creator. Like there's already too much negativity out in the world. Why yeah. don't you put out stuff that's positive? But no, that's, and so it's not made, made me want to watch any of his videos. Like his, right. his, his titles and his thumbnails are the opposite of what they should do for me. I don't want to see what he has to say because it mm -hmm. looks like it's going to be negative. And sometimes, like you said, with Fallout 76, maybe it was warranted oh, in yeah. some cases. Other times yeah. when it's something like this, it just seems like, it seems weird. Yeah. It was the amount that he was putting out. I mean, Layman Games was bad about it too, but it was still like, it, I don't know. Um, I mean, that's why I, I try to be different on this podcast, I try to do things different for FedEx three productions in general, instead of jumping on the side of the outrage, we always try to look at it in a more logical sense. And we try to look at things a little bit more positive. You know, I hate to keep bringing it up, but fallout 76 is obviously the perfect example. Instead of focusing on the negative, I tried to just give people my perspective. My perspective was different than other people's perspective. And I owned that. And I still own that. I still think fallout 76 was a good game for me. It ended up sucking for a lot of people, but I personally didn't experience those bugs. So I just wanted to put it out there. You know, that's what OPP? I always try to do. Sorry, what? I said you're done with OPP. Oh, yeah. I'm done yeah, with OPP. you know me. <laughs> All right, Jeff, Fafa. Um, Yeah, uh, I totally understand why uh, creators uh, focus on negativity so much. Like, it's no surprise that it gets more clicks, gets more... Um, you know, engagement. It's like we have Miguel do a video on Black Ops, like uh, for uh, match, like um, my co-host uh, matchmaking, mm -hmm. and that gets like a thousand views. And then like Anthony makes a extremely positive, like loving, praising review of Messenger, and that like barely even hits that. Uh, so it makes sense from a yeah. you know business standpoint. So like uh, obviously, I'm not going to be like, oh, why are they always so negative? Don't be the negative. I get it, but right. um, I think yeah that that it's there sometimes it is warranted uh and sometimes it's not uh i'll give an example from the zombies community uh i want to say right now but i mean zombies community is so dead that this is like back in december but there was a <laughs> big um zombies uh creator uh, mr raffle waffles zombie outbreak pretty much yeah uh, we're, we're, we're all dead sorry. in the community now um <laughs> But he was pretty much, you know, giving constructive criticism on what Treyarch needs to do and, and what are the issues exactly with uh, uh, Black Ops 4 Zombies. And yeah. everyone was just saying, well, why are you so negative? Do you even play the game? Do you even like the game? Why, why you even talk about this game? All your videos are on it. And it's like, no, he, he wasn't just being negative. He was giving constructive criticism. And, you know, there obviously yeah. are those creators. I haven't watched this Clean Prince game video, but I mean. Uh, if he's doing what you're saying, then yeah, then they're just, you know, building up this negativity and having a kind of unwarranted or um exaggerated uh negativity just for the sake of it um right. so i i it, you know it has its and then oh we of course praising too much without any substantiated factor reasoning 
mm-hmm. also isn't good. So it really just comes down to having a, a good balance of um, of uh, a good uh, balance, you know, positive, negative, I guess. Yeah, you get your yin yeah. and yang. I mean, and I think, let me be clear. Oh, let me be clear. Um, the stuff that he was complaining about makes perfect sense. Um, he was complaining about like there was a mission where the thing he needed to do disappeared. And there were certain things that he did that like would just crash. And it's like, those are warranted and those are warranted reasons. Um, more what pushed my buttons is just the absolute 180 that he did. You know, why put, I guess it goes back to the whole Philip DeFranco thing. Why put out a video before you have all the information just to put out a video where you do have all the information. It doesn't make sense for some creators. It does because of whether they're a small time creator or, you know, something, something else. Like I think eight thoughts even, even brought this up in that podcast that him and drifter did where like, that's their bread and butter. If they're not out the moment something happens, then they're not going to get the covers they need on that video that they need. You know, some people I feel like don't have the room to be able to do that. So like any thoughts, for example, that's his shtick. That's what he does. The same thing with drama alert. Any, any time something happens, but that's the content. That's the context of the content. So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like the way, the way you describe that, it makes sense. And so that was what pushed me, my buttons about like Philip DeFranco's situation is that he wears everything on his sleeve. So when he does do something like that, it's just like, that's his opinion. He's allowed to have it, especially on his personal Twitter, you know, whereas if he would have did that on the Philip DeFranco show, I feel like it would have been a little bit more egregious because he, like he said on the show, he gets way more views than the Twitter. And that's why he put the apology there rather than going on Twitter and be like, Hey guys, I just found out yada, yada, yada. I'm sorry. You know, he, he made sure that the biggest audience was going to know that, Hey, I fucked up. And I fucked up. You fucked up. Clean. Aaron. <laughs> you don't fucked up. Aaron. Um, but yeah, clean Prince gaming is just, like he went through this whole dry spell where he stopped making content because he got called out. He got mo fucking called out for not using his own gameplay stuff. So now at the beginning of every video, he talks about how all the images were captured by me and me alone. I'm like, dude, the fact that you have to fucking do that is really fucking sad. <laughs> Yeah, you could have handled that better. Like a good example is really anything from what culture or, or websites or YouTube channels like yeah. that, that, yeah. you know, they do lists mm-hmm. every single time. Like if they're showing gameplay, they have a little banner that pops up. It's like gameplay by. Yeah. But if he wasn't presenting that, then yeah, that's that's that should be called out because you're stealing right. other people's stuff. Even if you ask for it, if you're not representing that it's theirs, you're stealing it. Mm hmm. Just like if you have an ad in your thing, but it's not straight up high, why don't you buy Jiffy Lube? (laughs) If you don't have in the description or something like that, if you don't have, I think now it's hashtag, they have a new hashtag now. Philip DeFranco conveniently (laughs) was talking about this very thing, how they have a brand new thing where you have to have the proper hashtag because people need to know. People need to know, am I shilling this stuff out because I'm just talking like a normal joe or hey they're giving me a little cheddar that's how you young people say it right cheddar cheddar yeah 
I'm cool. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I mean. All right. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's our personal takeaway <laughs> from the situation. If you guys would like to give your two cents on it, on either the Philly D hate or the clean Prince gaming hate, let us know down in the comments below or at TX3 Productions on Twitter. All right. So up next, we're going to be having a nice open discussion. Open discussion. I did not like that. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, you and me. Down by the tree. I need to chair. Any hosers. All right. So open discussion. We always start with our guests. So, Mr. Jeff, what would you like to bring to the table? Yeah. So coming off of, um, we're talking uh, slightly about Anthem, more about the commentary around Anthem. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to use that as a jumping board. Uh, to talk about my experience with Anthem uh, this week really wasn't much. Uh, pretty much my brother invited me through the uh, VIP access friend code or whatever thing on the website. Yeah. It said, you have access to this. Here's how to download it. Download it. Try accessing, right. accessing the game. It's like, no, you don't have the access. And I'm like, Psych. all right, whatever. Yeah, no, right. And it's like, I'm looking at two sc- two EA screens. Both tell me counter uh, things. Um, and then, of course, people have this issue online. And I'm like, all right, the public beta is like in a week or two. I have other games to play. I'm going to play other games. But it's just becoming this thing where it's games as a service, online games. Figure it out. Figure it out. It's getting ridiculous yeah. that games are being launched in not final states, Black Ops 4. Um, and mm-hmm. under the guise of games as a service, which... Let me also be clear, games as a service can be great and yes. can be amazing and have the potential to be great games. You know, Destiny eventually gets there every at every iteration. Um, Division as well, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, and Origins as well, I think are great games as a service. But it's too often with these the two with the big budget AAA games where it just doesn't make sense where it's like, really, you didn't expect this many players, EA, like, you, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. amount of people pre-ordering. We, we get this same bullshit excuse every time a beta doesn't work where it's, oh, we didn't yeah. expect this many people. It's like, stop it. You did. Yeah, you, you did. Like, straight up, you have the numbers. Of their excuse Kobe this time was really weird, and I don't personally believe it. Their excuse this time was that we're playing a six week old build of it what like if you have a current build that runs better that has a different economy yada 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 why the hell wouldn't we get that why wouldn't we get the most up-to-date thing but obviously you are going to change certain stuff like you're not going to show you're not going to show your full hand when it comes to like microtransactions because you don't want people to freak the out obviously but why would you give us a crappier version of it and like it was such a clear move that they were trying to temper people's expectations like oh this is six weeks old like you don't even have the up-to-date like okay yeah whatever sorry go on i mean they could give whatever excuse at any point but that really just becomes if the game isn't working correctly when i'm playing it i'm just testing your game and sure you're calling it a beta you're calling it alpha call it a bunch of names but it's just going to become the situation where people are just going to start expecting less from games and oh, yeah. I wonder what that 
uh, I get what, what what the consequences of that will be. Will people be less excited for betas? Because I mean that that's been happening to me over the years. You know, betas used to be the hottest thing. You know, uh, bad company two beta. Let me get in that or something. Uh, Hell yeah! Oh um, yeah. But now just when something says early access game beta, it's like. First of all, that's just don't even call that beta because that's what the official game's going to be at when it comes out. You know, it's like mm-hmm, games mm-hmm. just are always in these early access beta states. Um, and not all games, of course, I'm talking about uh, the games that have the issues. Black Ops 4, um, Battlefield 5 was another great example that just changed itself up like three t- like three times after launch. And it's like, you know, with the whole TTK shit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just I don't know. What, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts? Are so, games as a service going out of hands? Do they need to rein it in, get tighter experiences? So Nick, go ahead and go because I'm going to do okay. what I did last week and kind of flip this a little bit. Flip so, it. so give give your take first. Uh, my take is, um, I I I feel like every everybody can agree with you know having a game where I get to keep playing it for a year two years, something like that, isn't inherently bad. And obviously we are, you already said that yourself, Jeff. Um, but what ends up happening is it really is just an excuse. It's just an excuse to get it out as soon as possible. And that's really, that's the mentality of the triple A's. That is the worst part. It's not even necessarily games as a service. That's the problem. It's the fact that it needs to be out. It needs to be out by, you know, blah, blah, fiscal year. Like the reason Anthem is coming out in February is because it's before the end of the fiscal year of 2018. The end of the fiscal year of 2018 isn't until March, 2019. And so they want to get it out so that they can show their investors who give them more money to do more projects. They want to get it out and show them, Hey, look how much money we made. But what, especially EA what happens is that they put out this inferior product. And so now, even just with the last battlefield, it has bit them so hard in the ass because of the whole battlefront thing. And so that's the problem. It's not games as a service. Games as a service is actually getting a horrible rap on everything because it's attached to games like battlefield. It's attached to games like call of duty. And so it gets a really bad rap. As soon as you hear something as a games as a service, you automatically assume, and sometimes rightfully so, that it's going to be a bad game. And then in a year, you can pick it up on sale. And it's really just the corporation of games that is toxic right now. Putting out a game because you need money getting the hype train going and getting it so that people just can't wait. Honestly, I feel like if you're going to do a beta, what you really need to do in my personal opinion is have like a, either a month long or a week long. And then you need to make sure that you can change certain things. Like you need enough time. That's for sure. You need at least a month in between the beta and the release of the game right now, as of right now, Anthem has gone gold. So, what the fuck are they going to change now? Granted, obviously this isn't a beta quote unquote, this is a demo. So that somehow clears them of all wrongdoing, but where was I going with this? <laughs> so, I mean, the fact that the fact of the matter is it's the corporation. It's the, it's the money of it. 
because I can tell you I've played a lot of it. Oh my god, it's so freaking awesome! Like when I get in, <laughs> let's let's preface that. Am I right? When I get in and I'm flying around like freaking Iron Man. Oh my god! When I'm snapping around and I'm shooting, it is so awesome. The problem is this could use another month. This could use uh, this could use six weeks. Six weeks. Let's say that this could use just a little bit of time. It's right there. What they really need to focus on is server integrity. That's what they need to focus on. So, <clears throat> I think to and Jeff mentioned these as well. I think two great examples of this format games as a service um, that we can uh, probably all agree on is the most recent Assassin's Creed entries. Um, no, but okay. <laughs> well, well, specifically I'm going to say about Odyssey just because it's the most relevant. So they tried it with origins where, Hey, you know, we're going to roll out these events, roll out this DLC, you know, so you can still you know play it, but they had Odyssey right around the corner. But with Odyssey, there's no Assassin's Creed game in 2019. Hopefully, it's either Splinter Cell or Watch Dogs. I'm just throwing that out there. Anyway, um, right. but they've doubled down on that. And they're like, hey, look, we're not going to have an, an Assassin's Creed out this year, but we're going to continue to support this. And whether you like the decision or not, the whole thing going on with the controversy with the DLC. Um, basically, in, in, anyone's not listening the or not paying attention the whole thing with odyssey that people have loved is the fact of it's you are really able to create the character and the and the person that you want so like prime example a lot of people and i glad was giving them an award for this for you know this game seems to be a lot more inclusive to the lgbt community i know it's q and other additives but whatever um but with this most recent DLC, it kind of basically forced you into the scene where you were in a forced heterosexual relationship for the story's sake. And it's basically having to where you, you know, you made sure the bloodlines were there so it can, can continue to the rest of the series. But that went back on what Ubisoft had said at the beginning of the game when it came out with all this inclusiveness things of like, hey, you can build whoever you want. If you want to have a completely same-sex relationship throughout the game you can do that uh and but because they're using this model as games as a service they're able to change now that situation in that episode and then in the next episode of the dlc they're doing it as well but i think those are good uses of games as a service because they're single player games but they are able to get you to play like odyssey i haven't picked up yet I'm going to have a lot of content by the time i pick it up because i'm going to have the assassin's creed 3 remaster to play um, all the DLC missions that they're going to do, plus the events. I still haven't done the events and Origins. So I think in that context, it's good. What I want to flip this conversation on, Jeff, specifically, we're get, we'll get into Call of Duty here. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I think Black Ops, in Black Ops 4 in particular, is handling this whole genre type the worst out of what we're seeing right now. And mm-hmm. it makes me wonder, let me ask you, do you remember how Call of Duty used to be? Where, like, World War II is a great example. It's the best example. When it came out, a lot of people did not like the way it played at all. Uh, six months to a year later, they completely changed the whole system and made it to where people... But I remember that being a thing with Call of Duty. I remember with Black Ops 1, when I first picked it up, I didn't like it. And then they made some changes, and about six months later, I got back in and started playing the multiplayer a lot more, and I loved it. 
And I remember that that's what they would do is at first it would be this way. They would work on it, work on it. And about four to six months later, they would change something. And now it's better going forward. Do we still want that? Or do we want what black ops four is trying to do by giving us updates consistently, but not being what we want? You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, so I think it is great that World War II is able to switch and, you know, chain and become something players wanted to play um, over time as a game as a service. But it's just getting annoying and frustrating when that is even the case. When Why, why, why is the game at launch not what the game players want to play? Why can't they just... Not, why Just figure it out. Not even I'm asking. I'm just saying developers have to figure it out before pushing out these games. So it's, I, it's like, well, I think, guys... I think with that one too, I think world war two really had an identity crisis. Um, yeah. Oh, and simply black ops four has the biggest identity crisis ever right now. And yeah, it's it does. just, you have to stop. Doing but this, this one's thing. more egregious because it's Treyarch. They should know better with yeah. sledgehammer. They only really had, I mean, yes, I know they worked on modern warfare three and they've worked on call of duty entries in the past, but this was their only their second mm. primary entry. And they went from doing a a futuristic shooter to the next thing being a boots on the ground World War II shooter. So I can see how you know them in- implementing new systems, them not hitting the mark. But with Black Ops Four, it's like you guys have been doing this for over ten years. Mm-hmm. Over ten years, why yeah. is it like this? Why are we? And and I know the answer is is blackout. It's probably the answer is they're giving more focus to it. But even still, it's like the fixes that they're doing for for four and multiplayer, I don't feel like are working. Mm-hmm. I would rather oh. them work months on it to get something right and then give it to us when it's fixed. Don't piecemeal it and then continue mm-hmm. to still having to fix things that you're piecemealing. That's um, my yeah, take sure. on it. No, I agree as well. And just another aspect to this is since it's an annualized series, it, yes. I just feel um, like helpless, I guess, or just like distraught because it's, yeah, I know you get to fix this game in a year from now, but guess what? You get to release another game. So what? What's the point? Uh, yep. Why am I sticking around with you uh, between January and March of 2019? When sure, August 2019, the game's gonna be great, and the game's gonna be the game everyone wanted to play in October 2018. But guess what? Right. Uh, November 2019 is four months after that, and here's another f-ing new game. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, it's like I'm asking myself. I, I did kind of the same thing. Um, no, I, I uh, did I no whatever. But I'm just like with Black Ops Four. It's like I'm asking, should I invest all this time into zombies right now? Should I grind in zombies, mm-hmm. or should I wait till they fix the issues with zombies and then grind? But th- and then it's like, mm-hmm. should I just wait for Black Ops Five? Like, should I just keep keep waiting and just not stop playing? And I don't like because at the end of the day, I still love Call of Duty, love Blackout, love the time, love the time I get to play with zombies. But it's just the games. I tweeted out about this when I got a crash like a couple weeks ago. But it's like. Let me play you. I want to play this game, but it just, it, the game is constantly fighting me and just doesn't want me to play. And as a player who has put years, years, mm-hmm. money, hundreds of dollars into the series, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know when enough is enough. Now, obviously, isn't enough. Uh, isn't enough because probably after this f-ing, uh, episode, I'm going to jump into another blackout. Uh, <laughs> friends to get another merit or whatever. Right, but right. I, I don't know. I. I Maybe next year. I'm just going to break and well, swear yeah. off it. It's it's like 
And because Miguel talked about it so much is what got me into it. And I actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, go, like it always made me laugh whenever Miguel would always talk about ghosts and he'd be like, Oh yeah, it's yeah. so much better. And I remember when I played ghosts, when it first came out, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't what I wanted. Like it was the, the game at launch to me felt like a disappointment. It was just like, I like the functions of it, like the mechanics, but it just, it didn't seem enough. And now we're to the point where they're giving us way more that it's making me, it, I went back to ghosts and was playing and I'm like, this is the, this is gameplay I miss. Like, I just want this. Just give me something that works, something that's simple that I can pick up um, six years later. I mean, has it really been six years? Yeah. It really yeah, has. Right. Jesus. I mean, let, let's all admit that the games as a service shouldn't actually be in a game like Call of Duty, you know, because like you said, it's annual. So, yeah, why even give a crap? I mean, I feel like the people who are doing it right are the ones that aren't putting out sequels. So as much as I think it's overblown, Overwatch, you know, they're having constant updates and constant buffs and nerfs. And but that game was everything. built for that. I don't think Call it was built, built for that. For and have you heard Blizzard or Activision for that matter? Because I mean, now Activision has a piece of that pie. Have you heard anything about Overwatch 2? No, because that's not the way it is. Like we need a Call of Duty. We just need Call of Duty. That's it. Stop yep. giving us Call of Duty colon something else. Just give us fucking Call of Duty because and, that's yeah, what everybody every year loves. should be a new season pass of a new boom map stream or something. And I think that mm -hmm. would buy uh, every each studio and yep. it has to just be a platform. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is Blackout. Like, what the hell is going to happen to Blackout when Modern Warfare 4, whatever the f*** it's going to be? Think Black, I think Blackout's going to be the easiest thing. I really do. I think they're going to basically just share assets and do the Fortnite mm, model yeah. of every year. Mm. They'll do a radical change of this content. Mm. Um, I don't know, but I, yeah, I can't see unless progression uh, carries being... over it. Why the hell would they? Why would the hell would anybody care? I th I, I my personal uh, uh, prediction is that it's going to separate from Black Ops and it's mm -hmm. going to merge. Maybe Inf Infinity Ward is going to make another map, uh, and then you could choose the maps, and that'll kind of be like its own separate mm -hmm. thing and call it Call of Duty Battle Royale, whatever. But I, I, I will admit imagine that that's Activision what they need telling, to do. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, no, I'm just saying I, I can't imagine Activision forcing infinity ward to build another battle royale from the ground up it just doesn't make sense right and that's why i say i think right. it's the easiest transfer because the gameplay of it's pretty simple the whole thing with multiplayer that gets more complicated is they have their different systems you know like mm -hmm. i think i think you guys have talked before on ps best friends about how one thing that uh Treyarch can learn from infinity ward is their net code that's a great example, but each game just plays differently. You know, like Black Ops always played differently over Modern Warfare. And I, you know, back then everybody loved the difference or I say everybody, I'm generalizing, but I love the difference. I'd be like, I'm in the mood to play Black Ops. I'll play Black Ops. I'm in the mood to play Modern Warfare. I'll play Modern Warfare. Blackout, it seems like it's going to be the most easily transferable because there's not really yeah, a whole lot hopefully. of gimmicks there. There's items and things that are, you know, that game specific but as far as the gameplay itself it seems pretty pretty Straight easy to just reskin yeah. it yeah well and i mean but i mean i feel like that might be a pipe dream i mean there has been rumors already that they're going to make it free to play mm -hmm. and if they just call it call of duty battle royale or something like that that would be the that would be the dream and i feel like anybody in the call of duty community would like that would prefer that and 
but like what you're saying is that oh yeah they're just going to share assets and it's like they do that to a certain extent like pick pick 10 as a perfect example started off on treyarch and then infinity war started doing it and now it's just a main staple but i mean they don't straight up like share everything it's not exactly one-to-one and the reason why each game feels different is because of Treyarch and Infinity War. I prefer Treyarch Call of Duties just because of the way they feel. I don't know why, but it just feels different from the snappiness to it, reloading, just everything about it just feels so different. And I prefer Treyarch over Infinity War. In most cases, I completely skip Infinity War because I just don't give a rat's ass. In in, in a small segue, I really, 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 really hope they don't continue the trend of not doing single players. Mm. Um, Especially if... They've already somewhat confirmed that, but yeah. Yeah, if, if, If Infinity Ward entry this year is modern warfare 4 which most people it's it's either modern warfare 4 or ghost 2 i mean it's one of those two i don't <laughs> think they're going to do something new i really would like to see especially if it's ghost 2 the, they ended ghosts with a massive cliffhanger so if they did ghost 2 and it didn't have a single player to answer that i feel like they'd be like okay and most people don't care about the single player enough to want an answer but if, if for specifically if it's modern warfare 4 i want a story i want a new next gen modern warfare story. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah. I mean, especially just where everything is trending now. Cause it's like, let's go futuristic. No, just kidding guys. Just kidding. Please come back. Um, so yeah, I can, I can see what you mean by that. So. Oh, I just thought about some. Oh, I just thought about know. some. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. This is going to be a small one. Let, okay. Let's, I just had an idea. So in your what if they what if the story of modern warfare 4 is an answer to what everyone thought was rumored which was ghost riley didn't actually die he didn't actually get burned alive and what if yeah but what if he is the antagonist of of this story (laughs) oh that'd be really i I think that'd be really cool anyway yeah anyway i want i want a new modern warfare story yeah yeah I agree. So Nate, what's your topic? So my topic is a quick one, um, especially in the context of us talking about clean prints and negativity. I want to shout out a creator that I discovered who is very positive things. Uh, and it's someone, it's someone I had no use. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is he's got anyway. So the creator I discovered, his name is Kevin Kenson. And his videos, they're tech videos. You know, I've, I watch a lot of Unbox Therapy and MKBHD and those guys. Um, but Kevin's are a little bit different. They're very unique items he's talking about. So like, example, the most recent video he uploaded is um, a new item from the company 8BitDo. And it's basically a USB dongle for the PlayStation Classic. <laughs> and so one of the things that it does is it makes it to where you can use any controller. So... You know, to keep it true, you can use the DualShock 4 instead of the wired controllers they give you in the box. But another benefit that it gives you is you can actually go through the emulator menus and change things that some of the some some people didn't like. Like for example, all of the emulations, all of the games you're playing on there are under the PAL um, code or whatever it is, which makes it run at less than 60 frames. So that's a setting you can change in there. You can change it to NT. SC 
which will give you the gameplay at 60 frames. You can also add things like an FPS tracker to, to, but you can play around with it where you couldn't before. And it's just like, I was watching, I was like, man, this guy, his, his photography is good. Like the shots are very, very good, but also the subjects of the things that he's talking about are super interesting. Like there's another one where he has this device that's basically a PC PS4 controller, but it looks like kind of like a, like the, uh, razor game pads, like the individual hand things, but it's just, it's, it's new things. It's not like your typical tech video where everyone's reviewing the new Apple watch or something like that. Like he goes and digs and finds these very intricate devices to show off and, you know, to display. And it's just, and he's just like, he's, he's got a great sense to his videos. I mean, if you go to his about, it says I make videos about video game things. (laughs) you know but he's he's definitely yeah and all of his videos one of the things i don't like about some of the other tech guys is their videos are always nine to ten minutes long for the most part with kevin's they're like five to seven minutes four to seven minutes and see now i like that because that shows you that he doesn't give a shit about ad revenue because right. you can't do mid rolls unless you have it 10 minutes long yeah like, now he's now he, yeah now as far as you know he's got a following he's got about 470,000 subscribers and Jesus. each video gets to about you know 170 to 200 like that PlayStation one I talked about he's almost at a million views and that was posted a week ago <laughs> So he's doing well, but he's not hitting numbers like MKB, MKBHD and Unbox, where they're like a million a video. So it's it's just it's just a nice, different person to watch because I have you know the kind of the set people that I'll watch on a regular basis. Right. And yeah. It's it's nice to discover new creators and to discover like different people. Exactly. Exactly. That's another great one. <laughs> Um, but no, I just wanted to give him a shout out and tell people to go check out his videos. Cause I think they're really worth your time. Cause you'll learn things that like me, I didn't know existed. Yeah. Can you do me a favor? What? Can you say dongle again, but really soft dongle. Oh man. Dongle. Oh, <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Dongle, dongle, dongle. <laughs> All right, we're doing it in the camera this time. Mm. Dongle. Okay. Put it in my dongle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, okay. I'm done with that now. I'm done with that. <laughs> All right. That's just for you folks at home. All right. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> So since we had Jeff on here today, I think one of the last times we had you on, we happened to be talking about Destiny. So I'm like, you know what? This is perfect. Activision and Blizzard, or almost said Blizzard, god damn it. Um, Activision and Bungie just had a breakup. And so now Destiny 3 could be good. It could actually be good because we don't have Activision with its like, I'm the puppet master. Well, I mean, that's that's actually the thing. This will show be the actual final determine uh, determination um, mm. if it was Activision or Bungie. Uh, that was the that's reason for point. for uh, oh, Destiny 2's Rocky Star. Uh, it was Activision, just so you know. But <laughs> <laughs> let's just, let's just let's just agree to disagree. But I mean, um, but my point is, is like, what could this mean for Destiny Three? 
what could we want from Destiny 3 now that we don't have to worry about cuz I mean let's be let's be honest those damn engrams that's not that's not Benji you don't you don't see I mean especially with the way that like Black Ops 3 um I mean Normandy Beach became a fucking show for your loot crate fuck you this is a historical site that you just shat on because you're like, ooh, ooh, look at my loadout. And, oh, yeah, you get an achievement. You get some XP because you watch somebody open a fucking loot crate. Fuck you, Activision. So, hey, I'm, I'm, hold on a second. I'm, just, I'm the last guy to defend Activision here. But <laughs> it's the funny thing, it's not always uh, the publisher. A lot of the time, it's the developers wanting to put it in to impress the publisher but True. um it's it, but then, uh, like you would find like if you ask like developers and stuff it's it, it's more not more often than not it's the developers who choose to do it for the publisher of course but it's um uh, it's, it's it's not as and, and i'll def i'll defend jeff a little bit on the whole destiny 3 thing with the statement he made about we'll see whether it's bungie or activision I agree. I, I agree with that statement that he made in the context of what he was giving it because in terms of destiny two, I don't really know. I can't really think of a reason why Activision would be the reason for them deciding to um, basically start destiny two. Like it was new instead of taking what everyone learned from destiny one and just rolling it out of the gate like that, doing something completely different. I don't, I can't think of why Activision would have their hands in that because yeah, that what, itself yeah. doesn't seem. I mean, time. They wanted it out, and Bungie didn't quite have enough time to do it. That could be they it. had a new system that they wanted to do. You know, it all goes back to the money. You know, fiscal years and bull like that. It's it all goes back to the money. You mm -hmm. know, I feel like good example is. I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna all over Sony because. You look at their games and they put out a game you can guarantee well maybe not guarantee i mean there's always a chance but you can almost guarantee that a sony led game is going to be good it's going to be maybe not pure because yes there's going to be season passes or you know add-on content and stuff like that but you you know it's going to be good it's going to be of good quality and that's because sony isn't going down to hideo kojima and saying hey we need this out today today hideo today T -t -t today junior they're not doing that instead they're sitting there you know what here's a perfect perfect fucking example the last guardian okay any other fucking publisher out there would have been like hey like you're canceled you're done. Instead, you have Sony, rightfully or wrongfully, trusting that team to put the put their vision on the screen. Now, did it turn out great? Some people say yes. Some people say no. But either way, could you imagine? I mean, EA is a perfect example. How many Star Wars games have now been canceled? And for stupid reasons like, oh, you look too much like Uncharted. Oh, you want an open world? Well, f that. We want something that we can put out faster. I think that The Last of Us Two might be a better example for Sony, just in the, just in the, in the way of they have no like 
the, in the public eye, there is no rush for them to tell you when that game is coming out. Yep. They haven't exactly. said anything and they know that they, that they need to give naughty year. dog. Huh? They haven't even said the year really. No, There's no, no. They haven't said when it's coming. Like, yeah, people think it's coming out this year and I could maybe see it, but I definitely think it's a 2020 release. That's what I think. Yeah. But I mean, so I, just, that's, that's just my whole thing about it. That's my personal opinion, you know, and I mean, have your opinion about Activision, but Activision EA, they are, they are evil upon evil and they just want the numbers. They just, and like you, like you were kind of getting at, they want even the, even the choices that the developers make in order to, to please the overlord is still because the overlord is there looming over them. So now that we don't have an overlord, a greedy one at that, I want to know what do we want from Destiny 3? So I'm going to start it off because one thing I would really like to see is I'd like to see in Destiny 1, they started something that I personally really liked. And that was a couple of the missions, or I mean, not missions, a couple of the maps in the PvP reminded me a little bit more of like a battlefield rather than a straight up Call of Duty. And that was because they had certain maps that you could have the vehicles on. And not only that, but I feel like that reminded me more of Halo. I mean, one of my first um, LAN parties was Halo. And I just remember jumping in one of the rhinos, jumping in one of the warthogs, and just having a lot of fun. And that, to me, felt very Halo. And having that particular map on the beta, I played it more in the beta. I didn't really touch PvP once it finally came out because I just got murdered. Um, but that was one thing I was like, oh, I really like this. You know, a more battlefield sci-fi kind of thing. Like, I could get behind that. Going around just having fun in the in the vehicles and stuff like that. I would love something like that to return. Even if it is just a separate game mode. You know, MOBAs are... MOBAs were a little bit more popular, so do something MOBA-esque. You know, not 100% MOBA, let's be honest, but do something like that where maybe, you know, one each each team has like a generator and you're trying to get to that generator and you have vehicles, you have all this other stuff. I mean, it could be really cool. Make it a little bit more like OG Halo where you have people rowing around in a fucking banshee coming up to you. Well, that, <laughs> that was so much fun. That 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 leads into to my part too, of, and I get what you're saying. I remember a lot of the Destiny One PvP maps reminded me of Halo. A lot of them did. Like I got very like one, um, the one where you're fighting, it's like in a mine area. Like some of the some of the levels of the map, you like went through these doors and like you went into the facility. It reminded me of some Halo Reach maps, uh, in particular. Um, but that leads into I'll ask this too, and you can answer both. Is do you think that we'll see something more akin to original Halo DNA with Destiny 3? Or yeah. do you think that um, they're going to continue I, with the format that they're, that they're going on? I think we might finally get the true Destiny game. Because it is well publicized now that they pretty much had to rewrite the game in like six months. And I mean, part of that could have been Bungie, but part of it was also Activision and saying like, Hey, this is too ambitious. This is too much. This is too much game. 
too much game. We don't want all this game. Instead, like, let's chop it up and give it in later. And so they had to do just a complete, like, there, I mean, obviously there's so many videos online now that's like, hey, where's this scene? We didn't even get this scene. And so I feel like Destiny 3 could finally, hopefully, I mean, that's 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 what I'm going to, you know, there's my get out of jail free card as the word hopefully. It could hopefully be the destiny that we should have gotten from the very beginning, that we should have gotten from Destiny 2 when it was supposed to be better than the original, not vanilla or Taken King. Um, yeah, I wonder what they're going to do uh, narrative-wise, honestly, with Destiny 3, just because, you know, cutscenes story that voice acting that's usually the most expensive part of a game and that's why they had to they didn't have to but they're saying like yeah we're gonna focus more on gameplay with the annual pass for d2 that's going on right now the first uh, piece of content was the black armory uh and then you have a uh, joker's wilds coming soon um and these pretty much are void of all cutscenes. Uh, i think there's like two per like content but they said like yeah we're going to start giving more modes and stuff and have more frequent rollouts and you know update every week and stuff like that um so i wonder what that means for destiny 3 in the sense that you know with with less uh backing uh financial backing from activision of course um Mm -hmm. are they going to cut down on story and you know keep drilling into uh gameplay and systems and modes and things like that or are they going to uh learn um you know continue learning what they did with d1's story and d2 story and you know finally trying to make that perfect halo-esque story that's one you know contained narrative with uh not even that's just a contained narrative you know d2 managed to get that right in terms of a coherent story but now to make a great story uh will they do that um and i don't know i I i'm very curious because that's going to take some years and a better question is what is when is d3 going to come out i that if it's gonna be a full-fledged game like pretty much what you're uh asking for i don't see that coming out before well i mean it's next year but like halfway through uh next gen really you know like maybe three years into ps5 2023 that'd be awesome but um i don't know i I also i mean this is another thing to consider with the post budgie activision split will they continue just supporting d2 as the destiny and yeah, yeah, yeah. add a uh, uh, Taken King or Forsaken SDLC to it next year, um, and you know keep everyone's guns and stuff and everyone's accounts all the same thing rather than make everyone start again. Uh, that's one option, and then of course the other option is you know start again brand new as a game without Activision on the box art. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know which one I prefer. What, what, what do you guys prefer from just those two options? Fresh game, and continuing people's current saves, I guess. Well, that's that's uh, that's the only that's the one thing I'm just kind of like not sure about is I could very much see them either this year. I don't think it's coming out this year. I heard some people say, Impossible. "Hey, okay. Destiny Three in 2019." I'm like, no, 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 no. They literally have a DLC planned for like September, I think, like or August or because of the rollout for Destiny Two. I could see them starting new like maybe next year the year after um because i mean that would make sense especially if it was the next year because um d1 to d2 was 2013 slash four oh it's 2014 to 17 and so 17 to 
2020 year wise as far as they've been releasing that would make sense um but i could also see them supporting destiny 2 um i, I mean it, it could be a call of duty situation where they're going to support destiny 2 up until the new thing comes out and then they'll support that i really i really honestly don't know just because we haven't i mean we pretty much went from reach to destiny right as far as bungie goes wasn't breached yes, the last yeah. one that Bungie yeah, yeah. worked on? Okay, so that'd be crazy if they. Yeah. So, I don't. I really don't know. I really don't know what they'll do. Well, what would you prefer though? Uh, continue. If, if, if let's say you were more deep into D two right now, would you rather, uh, as a player, have to start again? And this is like, and knowing that this is the last Destiny, I'm good. Last main game Destiny, I'm gonna have to buy, or would you rather? You know, we're, we're already so deep into D two. Let's continue all those guns, all that. So. I'll give I'll give two answers because I'm not into D two, really at all. Um, I haven't I've I invested way more time with D one than I did with Destiny two, um, oh. and by, by way more, not very much. <laughs> um, so me personally, I think I would like to have a new like this is Destiny game and me starting yeah. to but if i have the tenure that you have that friend marabella has that anyone that's been big in the destiny community since the original d1 i would probably prefer them support this and then have it transfer to d3 and then d3 just be something new in its own right but my progress still carries over yeah i, I don't think from d2 role. to destiny 3 i don't think anything's going to be radically different um that it may be different in the terms of like systems or like the way they tell the story i hope um, the load times are just killed i hope they are cut by 90 percent. i remember mm -hmm. I, yeah I, yeah <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> so, ridiculous it's that it's still the way it is really but um I really don't know that that's going to be one that's that's an industry thing that's going to be very interesting to see more than what halo infinite's going to be with 343. Mm -hmm. Which we still don't know anything about. Yeah, I wonder what that's going to be. I really, I'm, I really uh, think that's going to be. A, they have, they've said no, but I think that is a next gen launch title. I think it um, has to be. So do, what, do you think? Do you think that's going to be um, like RPG style Destiny, or do you think it's just going to be still Halo, Halo? I think it's still going to be Halo, Halo, but I think it's going to be. I think it might be a Assassin's Creed three or Assassin's Creed for to origins like i think it's still going to be halo but i think that the okay, scale the scale and scope is going to be much much bigger than it was in five and even four yeah maybe the campaign missions will be like kind of like crisis-esque where it's like you know kind of like that semi-open open world vibe yeah i think that's honestly what it's going to be um but yeah. i mean hopefully see here's the thing i when next gen consoles came out i bought ps4 that was the first one i bought it wasn't until they at E3 showed off the Master Chief collection. I was like, that's what's going to make me buy an Xbox One. And it did. I bought an Xbox One for that game, for the Master Chief collection, which I'm still not mad about because I love all those games. I loved playing two completely remade. Like that was incredible. Um, so hopefully Halo Infinite will be the same way because I had to sell my Xbox a few years ago. Um, and so I haven't bought a new one since. So hopefully Infinite will be that okay i'm gonna get an xbox now that's what i want out of it yeah yeah, yeah. nice good combo i liked it got some good 
good stuff out of that. All right. So, I mean, that is pretty much it for us on open discussions. If you guys have any suggestions for topics you would like us to talk about or things you would like us to argue over, then go ahead and put that in TX3 Productions on Twitter or ThreadX Reproductions in the comments down below or even at at, at, at gmail.com at the end of that and you'll get our email. You can let us know there. All right, so for now, that's going to be it for Jeff today and we're going to move on to Nick and Nate's 90s nostalgia. So first off, Jeff, remind people where they can, where they can see you. Yeah, so uh, probably easiest way to find me is at Mr. MR Brawl b-r-a-w-l 96 on twitch twitter and youtube um all my links to uh my psbf podcast that is also the twitter handle psbf podcast i'll follow that to know whenever there's a new episode um and if you're a call of duty fan and you're uh reading some articles on charlie intel make sure to take a look at the author and if it is me give me a shout out let me know what you think of the article is it shite is it utter garbage or is it okay one of those three. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you guys for, for having me on. Uh, this was a blast. Off to watch yeah. some more Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. Is it super? Of course mm. it's super. Mm. What else? <laughs> All right. Yes. Thank you so much. You guys check out his stuff on the U- YouTubes and on the iTunes and all that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jeff. Peace. All right, so now that we got rid of that guy, let's head into Nick and Nate's 90s Nostalgia. All right, so this this week's topic for Nick and Nate's 90s Nostalgia, chosen by... uh, Crap, was it Mike or was it uh, Benoit? Benoit chose Beast Wars. Benoit did this one? Oh, yeah, that right. Mike did X-Men, so we're going to have to save that for another time. Because Oh, my God, X-Men. Anyways, so Benoit from the last episode chose Beast Wars. So that's going to be the topic for today. Um, I mean, let's start off with, like, what... Let's start off with the nostalgia part of it, because obviously rewatching it can have a whole different effect on it. But just back in the day, what do you remember about this particular show and how you felt about it? I remember loving it. I remember like I watched a little bit of Gen 1 animated, but like, you know, I'm 23 now. So I wasn't (gasps) born whenever Gen 1 came out. So I would see reruns. This came out about the time whenever I was growing up. So this is what I watched, watched a lot of. And I remember I was like, oh man, I haven't seen like animation style like this. Like this is really cool. It's really unique. Um, I remember really enjoying some of the Transformers like themselves. Like I remember Megatron, the, is he Grimlock? He's, 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 he's a T-Rex. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Grimlock's a, yeah. Grimlock's a, Grimlock. Okay, no, I think there is Grimlock later on one of the seasons, actually. Where I remember loving that was one of my favorite Megatron transformations. I was like, oh, you know, it's so cool. Like he's got one of his arms is the dino head that shooting mm-hmm. like the core is like laser at, and the other one's like a claw type thing with the tail. I was like, that's super cool. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of Power Rangers with the dinos yeah. and things like that. Um, yeah, definitely. so I loved it. I remember really enjoying it. And that's about where the nostalgia is. That's not really okay. No, that's about where the nostalgia ends. <laughs> oh, that's about. <laughs> um, so yeah, for for me, it was definitely the same. I loved this as a kid. 
Um, and the funny thing is, I don't think I ever actually watched the original OG like Transformers. So like this was kind of my introduction into their world. Um, obviously, I knew about it. You know, everybody has like probably played with the toys and how they transform. So it's like I knew about it, but it just wasn't something I watched. Um, this I watched on a very regular basis. And this was super nostalgia for all those 90s kids. This was back in the age where we actually had Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I want to say this was on Cartoon Network, what, c- correct? Yes. I feel like this was also maybe a Fox Kids. Exactly. And so that's well. what I was getting at. That's what I was getting at because it might have originated from Cartoon Network, but I personally didn't watch it on Cartoon Network because back in my day, I didn't have cable. That was rich people problems. Am I right? But I originally watched this on Saturday morning cartoons on Channel 12 or whatever, Fox, Fox News, fake news. Oh, wait, no, that's not the fake news. <laughs> I'm getting it all mixed up. Anyways, um, so that's where I originally watched it was Saturday morning cartoons. This was on, you know, and also X-Men was on at the same time. Spider-Man was, you know, there was a really good lineup. Oh, my God, that lineup. And, you know, I was always super excited for Beast Wars because back in that day, seeing a fully CG show like this was just really cool. And it added this, I mean, super stupid, but this third dimension to these characters, it was no longer, it was no longer this 2d image. It was this 3d thing. And it really felt like not only that, but like it has this, um, I guess maybe the term is uncanny Valley, but it's like, if you get Stewie and you get the action figure of Stewie, it can just look off Mm -hmm. because, it was never meant to be in 3D. And so when you get the action figure of him or you get the action figure of Peter, for instance, it just looks off. It looks weird. Versus when you get the toys of these, which, I mean, come on, every children's things was almost 100% about the toys. So when you got a toys from Beast Wars, it looked one-to-one and it just looked awesome. And I love that. And I love the tangible nature of this show because it felt like, okay, that that's something I could hold in my hand. That's something that I could reach out and touch. And that type of thing just didn't have, have a lot in the 90s. Yes, you had like Reboot. And I think you said Gen 1 was another one or something. But those, well, that was in the 80s, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that, I mean, that's just, that's just not, I wasn't privy to those things back in, back in the day of the Saturday morning cartoons. Cause yeah, I think like honestly back, back when I would watch these, I think like channel 12, which was Fox channel seven, which was NBC and sometimes CBS because of the way our our, uh, antenna back in our day, we actually had antennas and they got the signal from the stars. And so we would only, we literally had three channels and like we got PBS, but it like came in super staticky, so we didn't usually watch that at all. And then channel two would have been like CBS or something like that, ABC or CBS, one of the two. But we didn't usually get that in there. So like those three were the only ones I watched. And so my main thing was whatever's on Fox and whatever's on, you know, NBC. And so, you know, I didn't I didn't get I didn't get really introduced to most of those until maybe later. And so by then I'm like, this is just a beast wars. (laughs) So 
Um, so when does the nostalgia end, Nate? <laughs> it ends oh, with you know, we forgot. You know what we forgot? What we forgot to do? Nick and Nate's nineties. We have to try to say it fast. I can't believe we didn't. Are right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Ten times fast. Ready. Nick and Nate's 90s nostalgia. 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 See, it throws me off because, like, you're like a second off in my headphones. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> anyway. All right. Now that we got that, where does the nostalgia stop for you? So go to the chat on the Hangout. Okay. Gotcha. Click on that last video I sent that says Beast Wars Context. Was context. Hold on. Okay. I'm going. Go to in the video, go fast forward to one minute and 20 seconds. Ah, fing ad. <laughs> I use Grammarly. If I'm putting commas in the wrong place, shut the hell up. Nobody cares about your commas. Okay, you said one minute, 20 down. seconds. Rock. Now watch this scene at one minute. One twenty. At one twenty-four. It start. The scene starts at one twenty-four. Oh God! This brings me. This takes my back. Okay, one twenty-four. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's got, where the a, nostalgia ends. And a, and a mouse and a rhino and. So you've got so just for people who are if you want to do this you know we'll, we'll leave the the video in the description but the scene is the the scene is the Optimus Optimus version which is the gorilla and then I don't know I don't remember the other two characters but you have Optimus and you have a mouse on top of a rhino running to the bat running to the battle when they're in their animal versions which can and, I point out the gun that the cheetah has? Like part of it has like his brains as the chamber. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. It, it like looking back at this, it's like, oh my God, I don't think I could watch this show. Like the, yeah. the, the way it looks is so terrible. Um, yeah. It's, it looks like something that someone, like a freshman in college would uh, mm -hmm. make as an animation project or a 3d right. render project nowadays um it's just it's just like man like the show this definitely is is nostalgia because like i don't think the show would be nearly as good now like having this because i mean i can still sit through and watch gen one transfer i mean it's the same thing with like the um argument about the prequel trilogy in star wars is most people to them it doesn't age well because you can clearly see the cgi Mm -hmm. where it would be like the original trilogy, which was a lot more practical. And even the, the new trilogy that uses a lot more practical effects, yeah, those right. would age a lot better than what this is. This age is yeah. like dog. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I can agree with you where if it came out like today, if it came out today, um, they'd have to come up with some kind of excuse. Like maybe it's in a video game and it's a really old video game. And that's why it looks like this because yeah, if you put this out today, it's just like, especially just even just the like Netflix originals that have that are all CG, they look good. 
I mean, they're not like, obviously they're not Pixar by any means, but they're really, they look really good versus if this would came out, if this came out today. Yeah. I don't know if people would have attached to it, but with that nostalgia, nostalgia for it, I could watch this on a loop. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. Like, and I, I put Power Rangers in the same context of nostalgia, like especially right. some of the uh, earlier seasons, like the just like as an adult, you're like, wow, wow. Like I can't really watch this. Like I, I've told the story before about how whenever I was sick one day, I went to go watch some of the like original series. Right. And I was like, I'm going to let this be a memory. I'm not going <laughs> to go watch this. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I would rather watch those a lot campier versions of Power Rangers than this because they would be easier to watch still. <laughs> Really? Man, I don't know. This at least is is a little bit and this is just my opinion. I I feel like this is more timeless because especially if you get a really good copy of it, it's not like that YouTube video was not like HDified or it wasn't upscaled in any ways, but you get a good upscale and it's really good. Um versus if you would get you know, Power Rangers, you have those black bars on the side because this is back in the four to three ratio era. And so I feel like that, and not only that, but just the quality is easier to pick out because it's like, it's super film grainy and stuff like that. Whereas you get a good copy of beast wars and obviously it's PlayStation one graphics, obviously, but it's still like, it's still timeless in its own way. It's just, you know. Yeah. Um, I think out of all you're the just ones. Being a that's what you're being. <laughs> I think out of all the nostalgia things that we've done, this is the one in particular I'm like, wow, this needs to be nostalgia because like I I can't I can't go back to this. Ah, oh, man. Honestly, just watching that small little clip, I just like I need to figure out where can I watch this online. You know, I want to so bad now. Like I don't care how bad it looks. It's so awesome, and it, and it is, it is the crappiness of it. It is the, it is like the over dramatization of some of it that is just like, oh, I love it. It's so, it's like a bad movie, but it's like you love it anyways. Like I like Doom the movie. I don't like it because it's a Doom movie. I like it because it's a horrible movie, and it's just funny to watch and it's it, and it has it's like horror cliches or whatever and it's just a badly done movie i i put the doom name out of it because they don't technically ever say doom you know so it's it's not doom it's just space marines on mars <laughs> yeah i guess this one is definitely gonna be a personal preference one yeah like, yeah yeah go ahead and do do our stick nick and nate's 90s nostalgia and i'm glad that this is one that we can disagree on you know, because if we're always agreeing, like, that's no fun. You know, it's no fun. It's fun when we have a 30 minute long conversation about how the, the last Jedi just really sucks. <sighs> <laughs> See, that's entertainment, people. I'm that's going to one day rally and I'm going to get right. I'm going to get Daniel back on here. I'm going to get Anthony on here and we're all going to corner you and we're going to have a conversation about the last Jedi. That'll change my mind. That'll change my mind. I'll be like, oh my God, you're right. Those cinematics. What was I thinking? I am such a nerd. I I am so sorry. I bow down to your will. Last Jedi is the best Star Wars of all time. It's not. I'll point that out there. It's not the best Star Wars of all time. And the fact that you can say that, I win. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Beast Wars.
Beast Wars. Now, did you ever happen to see the sequel to it? I think so. The sequel to it, um, I want to. I'm going to have to Google it because I can't remember. It was Beast something. Sequel. I need to pull my thing out. Was it <laughs> Beast Machines? Sequel series to Beast Wars. So that's what I put in the Google search. Let's see if that actually gives me a uh, Beast Machines. Beast Machines is God. That's a terrible name. Why did they think they could get away with that? <laughs> beast machines. Okay, so beast. Ma. Oh, yep, yep. We were right on the Beast Wars thing. This and uh, Beast Wars aired on Fox Kids. Heck yeah! Hey, who are Nineteen ninety nine to two thousand. Wow. Yeah, what I like about Beast Wars is that Beast Wars, uh, or sorry, Beast Machines. That's where I was going. Uh, what I liked about Beast Machines, obviously they fixed up the graphics a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, they're still pretty bad, um, but they fixed up the they fixed up the graphics a little bit. But it actually ended up taking place like on Cybertron or something like that. And so you, they Any were of the still, Cybertron storyline. I love. Yeah. Right. Um, so they were in their Beast modes, but or they had their Beast transformations, but they were they were able to finally go back or whatever. So. I don't know. I just, I like it. And I think it's probably the same thing where it's like, it's because it's nostalgic to me that I can revisit beast machines as well, because I mean, it's still not great. It's way better. Beast. Yeah. Beast machines. Graphics wise is night and day. It's straight PS one to PS three. Honestly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, it's so it's so charming and i mean that's the thing is that it's so it's so charming and it's so um it is so nostalgic i mean it i guess i mean i've already really said it but yeah if if i didn't have the nostalgia for the series i don't know if i would like it but i don't know i am the type of person that would see something like this and be like yeah this is stupid yeah <laughs> 80 episodes later be like why did i do that I know why. Because it was awesome. Was there a game that looks like an eight-bit game? I don't know. Anyways, so we want to know. We want to hear from you guys. What did you guys think about um, Beast Wars? Did you grow up with this? Did you watch this after the fact? And how do you look back at it now? Can you go back and look at it? Um, whose side are you on? Are you on Nate's side or are you on my side? You know, where do you fall? Because I'll, I'll admit, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I fucking hate. My God. Really? I, oh, God, yes. I rewatched that. Now, granted, it might have been the time of my life. The time of my life. Anyways, but I just had my surgery on my back, and so I was stuck in bed. I had all 10 seasons of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And by season three or four, they started up so bad because they had like Leonardo had Donatello's voice for some reason or Raph would have Mikey's voice for some reason it's like they were clearly like taking clips from older episodes and just making them reworked in this it was so weird anyways but that's not it honestly like the newer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles do a really good job of making Shredder a formidable opponent 
going back and watching the original, and I, I suggest you do this, go back and watch the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and my God, is he a whiny little bitch. I want to get the turtles. And it's like, oh my God, I don't remember him this way. I don't remember, you know, the Shredder being this whiny little bitch. I remember him being a force to reckon with. So... Seeing that was just it was just like wow, and I couldn't do it because it was every episode. He's like, and I'm like, wow, dude. So, in in fairness to this whole conversation, as far as Ninja Turtles go, is the original series I watched a little bit of as a kid. The one that I am very trenchant with, that's my personal favorite, is the second run, the one that went from uh, 2003 to 2009 on on Four Kids TV. Yes, absolutely. That one is my favorite, especially when they do the the for the like time one when oh, oh yes yeah. the spinoff yeah the spinoff oh, that time. oh yes. my god that was oh, so good but it was also like animation that i loved like it was yes. it was like it wasn't the cart very cartoony of the original it was like oh this is like a little grittier this is like mm-hmm. i like the the edges and stuff it was a lot more badass so yeah. that's my personal favorite i can see what yeah. you're saying about how the the original one yeah because yeah. I remember seeing, especially seeing the original Shredder, and I'm like, you look like a fucking goof. Yeah. yeah. And then the one from that, the second run, is like, oh, this dude is like a machine. Yeah. All right. So back to Beast Wars. <laughs> back to Beast Wars. Whose side are you on? You're on Nate's side where you're like, I'm okay with this just being a memory. Or you're on my side where it's like, ah, just hearing about it makes you want to see it again. All right. So let us know down, at, uh, down in the comments down below or TX3 Productions on Twitter or add at Gmail at the end of that. And you can get our email. Um, Also, we would like to start doing uh, listener slash viewer requested topics, either on open discussion or, you know, what pushes my buttons or anything that you have an idea for, whether it be Nick and Nate's nineties, nostalgia, comic book, book club, anything like that. Any suggestions you have, we want to start getting the viewers interacting with us. You know, we want, your guys's opinion on stuff we want to know you know how we're doing you know everything that how you, you doing how you doing eh? yeah so you know what we're gonna do here so make sure to go to our twitter you can dm us i have it so that you can dm us or you can just go at tx3 and i'll still answer it that way too or you can go to any of the comments or you know or just Email is also a really good way. So let us know what kind of topics would you like us to um, to talk about. If you have like a rebuttal for one of our things and you'd like us to maybe bring up the same subject that we've talked about in the past, but maybe in a new light, you know, I'd love to have that too. Because there's so many times um, and it's the typical podcast person thing to do where you're like, well, we want to know your input. We really do. <laughs> like, it's not just the thing you say at the end of each segment, we do genuinely want to know from you guys, what do you guys think? Because we do want to be somewhat of a very kind of fluid. I don't know how else to put it. Giggity fluid type of creators, kind of what we were talking about when we were talking about the Philly D hate and everything. It's like, we want to try and create stuff in a way that is uh, positive you know, positive when it needs to be, negative when it needs to be. It doesn't need to be negative all the time. It doesn't need to be positive all the time. And so we want to create that kind of thing. So if you do have differencing of opinions than us, I do genuinely want to hear that. You know, if you want to defend Activision, 
I would like to know, well, why do you want to defend Activision? I want to see it from a different perspective, and I'm able to because I have an open mind. So I'd really like to know, and I'd like to just hear from you guys. So let us know, TX3 Productions, ThreadX3 Productions at Gmail, wherever you want to get contact with us. All right, thank you so much, Nate, for coming on the show like usual. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Yeet! Yeet! That's all I could... You doing that little rant, that's all I could... Yeet, son! Anyways, all right, thank you so much for joining us for this Nerd to the Third, where you can always talk nerdy to me. Beep, I'm gonna stop doing it because I, I don't, I don't, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> it's just like I don't, I'm done. <laughs> not in me anymore. It's not in me anymore. But your mom was last Damn night. It, I do anyway. yep. <laughs> that was a good episode. That was a really good episode. I really enjoyed that one. You're a good episode. Yeah. Anytime I'm fucking, it's a good episode. <laughs> you can stop the broadcast now. Yeah, I know. I am. I am now. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.